Hey, this is Rihanna, and that's what's hot in the streets from Hot 97. WQHT, New York City. Welcome to Hot 97's Street Soldiers, the hottest talk on radio. Hosted by Lisa Evers. Oh, check it out. Check it out. This here goes out. For all of the things that be mad, what? And of the chicken cribs. Think it's sweet. Nigga creep up on your ass. <laughs> Live and respected. Check it. I kick flows for ya. Kick down doors for ya. Even left all my motherfucking holes for ya. Zickin' think Frankie Why? Whip. Nigga picture that with the Kodak. It's the Mattack. We don't get down like that. Lay my game down quite flat. You know who that is? The notorious B.I.G. Rest in peace, Big Papa. 1997 on this day, March 9th, 1997, he was murdered. It's 2014. No one one has been arrested in that case. Some of the people that know what happened to Biggie that day are still alive. Other people are dead that were involved and that were there, that knew something, are gone. Throughout this whole entire time, uh, his mother, Valletta Wallace, his children, Faith, Kim, C's, his whole camp, everybody's conducted themselves with tremendous dignity. And I know it's my hope and a lot of the other people who knew him here at Hot 97 and also his fans, people who've listened to his music. And his music still sounds as fresh and as current today as it did back in the late 90s when it was uh, on the air every other moment. And uh, are hoping that one day he'll see justice. There will be justice in this case. Anyway, I'm Lisa Evers, your host for Street Soldiers, and I'm so glad you're joining us. We are talking about prison degrees and life after lockdown. And I want to apologize right off the bat to all the people that have continued to tweet us and text us up until just a couple minutes ago trying to get on this show. I'm going to give you a way to participate. Um, Follow me on Twitter, at Lisa Evers. You can join our conversation using the hashtag prison degree. Use it on at street underscore soldiers too. And we're going to be reading some of your tweets on the air. So you can start hitting us up now. Our associate producer, Angelique Tyree, is on the laptop there checking out Twitter. Follow me on Instagram too. On Instagram, I'm Lisa Evers Live, and you can see photos behind the scenes here at our Hot 97 studios. Also, text your friends around the country because this is an issue that's affecting everyone. You can tune in. You can tell them to tune in on the Hot 97 app. This is so great. Just download that free Hot 97 app. You can hear the live stream free of Hot 97 or go to hot97.com on a computer or phone or mobile, and you can hear it there, too. We've got a very important topic to discuss. It's about what happens after you've been locked down. The debate now going on on something that a lot of people thought we would never see again. Can an education that you get when you are behind bars, when you're serving a bid, can that keep you from going back? You can call us right now at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Now, this issue is not as clear-cut as it seems. New York Governor Andrew Cuomo recently proposed spending $5,000 an inmate to help them get a degree. So the idea is once they're out of prison, once they've finished serving their bid, their term, They come out, they have skills, they have an education, they have a better chance at getting a job and doing something besides going back to whatever got them in trouble in the first place. The governor says that this would reduce recidivism and that it's a bargain when you consider that it costs about $60,000 a year to house a prisoner. He says it gives ex-offenders a real shot at a second chance instead of just being in that revolving door type of system. But some critics 
And we're going to hear from them to say, why should prisoners be given free college educations when people who don't break the law have to pay and even have to go into debt with student loans and everything? Now, there used to be uh, prison college programs. The federal and state governments funded them, but they cut that funding in the 1990s and for those prisoner education programs. Now, since then, there have been some. They've been privately funded programs like the Bard Prison Initiative, which we're going to hear more about in just a few moments. But we want to know what you think. Does getting a college education behind bars keep you from going back? Is it something we should be investing in as a society? Give us a call at 1-800-223-9797. That's 1-800-223-9797. Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. Hashtag prison degree. We're going to be reading your tweets on the air, and you can also tweet us questions for our guests, too. We've got a great, great panel with you, and uh, I want to introduce everyone here. And again, 1-800-223-9797. We have with us Sonia Davey. She's a mental health counselor with Motivate to Great uh, Greatness. Sonia, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you. We appreciate it. Erica Mateo, she's a coordinator for the Center for Court Innovations. She has an amazing story. She got into trouble, was incarcerated at 15, in and out of foster care. She enrolled in the Bard Prison Initiative at 20, got her degree, and uh, now she's applying to law school and, and really turned her life around in a big way. Erica, thanks for being with us. Thank you, Lisa. We really appreciate it. Also with us is Max Kenner. He's the executive director of the Bard Prison Initiative. We're going to find out how that works. And also with us, Marlon Peterson. He is the community relations coordinator for the Fortune Society, which helps ex-offenders return to society, become productive members in our communities. He's also done time himself, so he knows what it's like on the inside as well as on the outside. Marlon, thank you so much for being with Thanks us. Thanks for having me, Lisa. We, we appreciate it. Um, Max, I want to start with you about this. People thought that there were no programs at all, but you guys have been doing this for a long time. We've been at this for about a few... Well, first of all, thanks for being here, Lisa. I've been a fan of the show for a very long time. Uh... We've been at this at Bard College for about 15 years. We enroll nearly 300 incarcerated students in the college across six prisons in New York uh, in full academic degrees that end in associate and bachelor's uh, degrees from Bard. The academic standards are identical to what happens on campus. Uh, but the history of the issue, as you said, is that in the past, these were programs that state and federal government supported, and some education was a central part of how we did criminal justice. Or skills, too, or, or, jo- skills. or job, technical Absolutely. job skills. Absolutely. Uh, but at the beginning, you frame the question as whether, right, education reduces recidivism. The truth is, we know nothing goes so far as to reduce recidivism as education, particularly college education. And when we send people to the prison, we choose what kind of education we provide them. Do we provide them with a formative experience that induces cynicism and hopelessness and guarantees virtually they come back, or we do, do do the opposite, which saves money and reduces crime. All right, um, Marlon, you were you did time. Tell tell us what the mentality is like and what the atmosphere is like when you're doing a bit upstate there and you're you're behind bars. Oh well, I always give people the same answer that is it's it's hell. So I did ten years of my life inside of um, New York State prisons from the age of nineteen to thirty, um, and in that time, it it's a it's a situation that does is everything against. Um, 
self-development and, and, and self-improvement, the system itself. And I think as we talk about this conversation around education and incarceration, you have to think about it system, systemically and not just on an individual basis. Um, but during that time, I was able to earn a, a, an associate's degree in, in prison and criminal justice. And I'm now finishing up a, a bachelor's degree at NYU. Just That's a couple fantastic. That's great. But in terms of, so the programs were around when you were there. Well, no. So the same thing. So in 1994, just a, it, it was, you know, a, federal funding for uh, in college prisons, I mean in, in prison college programs in 1994 under the violent, uh, the, the violent Crime Act that Bill Clinton pushed for um, and so since then any prisons have been taken out. I was able to get a degree through a correspondence program that I was able to borrow money from and pay for out of my own pockets at the time but there is no, uh, except for a few, few small programs, it's bodies he mentioned, it's Vassar College, it's John Jay there's a few colleges that have private funding um, that are able to go inside the prisons and um, have some really qualitative um, educational program, but for the most part, there is none. All right, 1-800-223-9797. We're talking about life after lockdown. Does getting an education while you're behind bars help you when you come out, help you turn your life around? We want to know what you think. Hashtag prison degree on Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at street underscore soldiers, Instagram, Lisa Evers Live. And the issue also is we have more and more young young people, especially men from our communities, that are being incarcerated. So what is this actually doing to our society, even though the prison population is at an all-time or record low for many years, I guess, for a couple decades? The um, the number of, of people that are still getting involved in the criminal justice system is very, very high. Erica Mateo, tell us what, what was going on in your life when you were 15 years old. Um, well, I grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn. Um, I love my community very much. Uh, it's also a challenging place to live. Um, I live with my mom, four kids, single mom. Um, at a very young age, I was put into foster care. Um, around the age of 11, I spent four years in foster care, and it was in foster care where I was arrested for um, my crime, and I spent six years in prison. So there was a lot of there was a lot of things going on in my household. Living with a single mom, um, dropped out of school at at 13, never made it to high school. Um, it, it was a lot of things going on. Being a young woman at that time, trying to figure out what was happening to me in a lot of different ways. Um, there was a lot. And then tell, tell us about the, how, how did you manage to start getting your college education? Um, well, when I was first incarcerated at, um, at 15, I spent my first three years in, in juvenile facilities, so Tryon, which is now closed, um, because of all the mistreatment that was happening there. Um, and it was in, I think, 2005 when I went to um, women's prison. And when I got transferred to Bayview, fi- finally, there was a group of women already working on bringing college to prison. So women who were incarcerated, who had been in prison when there was Tap and Pell, were working with um, the Junior League in order to bring non-credited classes just to show that we're capable, we're interested, we can do this. And it was the Junior League that got in touch with Max and finally brought it. If you didn't have this education while you were doing time, mm-hmm. what would your life look, be looking like? Now you're, you're, in your tw- you're still in your 20s, you're looking at trying to go to law school now. What would your life be like without this program? Um, I'm not sure, but I can't even say. But I know that I've come home um, while in prison. I've met a lot of people. I also had uh, quite a few co-defendants. Um, and what their lives look like um, and what 
if I was to make a comparison, um, I know that I've been afforded afforded great opportunity to pursue um, my passion as my work. I mean, not many people get to do that because I have an education. Um, not many people who've been incarcerated get to live on a college campus um, to be appreciated for being able to think and learn on a critical level and be pushed to do so. So I, I don't know what it would have looked like, but I'm happy that... <laughs> You're happy with the way that it's going. So, when Erica Sonia, talks about her passion in life, it should be said that that is helping other young people who are in trouble with the law. So it's someone who's coming home from prison educated and really helping those communities and helping young people not only to get in trouble so their lives are better, but so we save money as a society and don't spend it on things that don't help us as a that just perpetuate and perpetuate problems and if more crimes are committed there's sure. more crime victims and there's Precisely. more trauma in the communities sure. so sonia davy take us through the mindset of what happens to somebody if they're incarcerated and then they see wow i can you know i i, I want to do something to make sure i am not in this situation again what does it do to them one of the biggest things that i see is a lot of fear and i always tell the guys i said because they don't know what to do next Thankfully, I'm seeing a lot of younger guys that are regretting what they've done. But the whole goal for us is to catch them before that. They're getting disenfranchised what they see in the gangs. A lot of guys are saying that it wasn't all of my guys. Nearly all of them are saying it's not what I thought it was. So I end up helping them to get through the fear of what to do next because they don't have a blueprint for their future. A lot of them don't have anyone that sits down and talk to them about career goals. A lot of them don't have anyone to tell them to stay in school. I had a, I remember talking to a guy who was a member of the Bloods and he said, I wish my mother would have made me stay in school. And I hear that all the time, but they don't have that. So they are comfortable where they were, but they are afraid to know how to move to the next level. And they don't have a support system because a lot of them, when they walk away from that life lifestyle i always ask them who do you have to talk to now who can get you to the next level and they say no one you miss davy i said well you need other people but they don't know because it's like i'm away from this life i'm isolating myself because i don't want to get in trouble but i have no clue how to get into the next phase of my so life so the, the difference is when you when you see success when you see people who are successful in their careers or whatever they choose to do regardless of the economic circumstances they usually do have somebody Absolutely. at least one family member Absolutely. that's there going you can do better yes. than this you can go beyond yes. you can whatever you're dreaming you can achieve yes. and they're they're in their corner no matter how bad the environment is or how the tough it is and one thing let me add a lot we have to think about a lot of the young men or, or young ladies that were raised by grandparents that meant well they wanted to keep their kids out of the system. However, sometimes these grandparents don't know what's required for these kids to get to the to now to how to survive in this world now. So they, I want my my baby to get a job, but they have no idea how to coach them or how to really give them the tools that they need. They mean well, but the again, this if that's their only support system. They still need more. They, they really need an they advocate. Need a lot more. one 800 You're listening to Hot 97 Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. Hashtag prison degree. Life after lockdown. Does getting a college education when you're behind bars make it better for you when you come out? Does it reduce recidivism? Is it something that society should be looking at? Is it just even smart money? Let's go right now to... Uh, Let's go right now to Senator Greg Ball from Upstate. He's a Republican from Patterson in Putnam County. Senator Ball, thank you so much for being with us. Hey, good to be here. All right. Now, you started a petition drive after you heard about Governor Cuomo's um, initiative, his proposal that the state should be using some taxpayers' money to help these prisoners get a college education. You start a petition drive to stop this. 
I did, and, and also I want to thank you for calling it upstate up here on the Canadian border in Westchester, Putnam, Dutchess. <laughs> it's really cool. Well, we're in lower, and, uh, if, ball, we're in lower, we're, if we're I, lower if Manhattan. I, if I hang up, it's because I got hit by either Santa Claus or a moose. So I'm, it's, 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 we're up here on the North Pole. <laughs> I've been in Put. I've been in your your area there. I've been in Putnam County. Oh, cool. so, God, God bless you. Must have even been to Albany. I've even been to Albany. Take you to get up here. <laughs> We used dog sleds, and it was quite effective. But at least I had a cell signal. Let me ask you this. So Uh, you're saying this is just not fair to working people. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It's not ridiculous. Let me me just go, and I'll give you a chance. I I was in a uh, store the other day, and this guy was walking out, and he was upset. He was upset. He said, you know, a $4 hot dog, a $4, he couldn't get over the fact that the hot dogs were like $4 on the... uh, on the throughway, I couldn't forget though. I, I couldn't uh, help but notice that he had a pack of cigarettes. Now he found money for the pack of cigarettes, and that was that's his priority. It's interesting when you look at either a family's budget, or an individual's budget, or a state government's budget. You have priorities. If you want to buy a pack of cigarettes, you're a private individual. Go ahead and do it. So as a government, you look towards a government's budget to see what those priorities are. We have kids that are living in their parents' basement that are paying $1,100 a month in student debt. And you want to give $5,000 or $5 or $50,000, I don't care what it is, to a gangbanger or a convict or a felon. So can I, I'd like to introduce, uh, into, 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 into intersect My a little bit. My answer is no. Well, let me, so there's a couple of things we have to. Uh, but, but, but wait, if you just start. every time. But Senator, you just, just from you. the economic, just from the, we, we, I, you know, we, we want to have all opinions here on the show, and that's what we always strive to do. Just from an economic standpoint, if the objection is money, because you're talking about budgets, cigarettes, hot dogs, right. college educations, if the issue is money, do you agree with the studies that say it is a better financial investment for us to invest in college educations than spend $60,000 a year Definitely. keeping somebody in prison? Do you agree yeah, with the I, studies I, that... I, I do not, and this is why. And I've talked to... Well, I, you can't officers. really disagree with them. There are generations of studies, 40 years of social science, <laughs> done by the state of Texas, the Bureau of Prisons, state and federal governments, conservatives can, can, and liberals. Can, and we can agree that we have yeah. to think about how we have to budget our money and what our best investments are. But we spend $3 billion, that's billion with a B, dollars on the state prison system. That's not local jails. That's not federal prison systems. Yep. That's not the money we spend yep. when people come home from prison aren't and, prepared and you, for work or health care or housing. And we guarantee we guarantee people who come home from prison ma- uh, is a bust. All right, one at a time. Let, let Max finish and then Senator Ball. Okay. I want to interject as well because I think the way you're framing this conversation is wrong from the outset when you said that, you know, we, we're giving people gangbangers, conflict, uh, uh, convicts, and these sort of things. We need to change the conversation, how we use language in this because right. what you're doing is dehumanizing people well, in the I'm, first place. All right, sorry, but Marlon, but Marlon, if you're convicted sure, of a crime, I'm, I'm sorry, so if you're, let's, but, let's, but on the same no, no, token, let's call it what it is. No, no, we have to call it All right, let's call it what it is. Let's be honest and not sugarcoat. No, no, we have to call it what it is. Excuse me, excuse me, Congressman. Senator Ball, let Marlon make his comment. 
comment, and then and then and I'd like to hear your response. To Two stuff, things. Okay, uh, the, okay. we'll come back to that. Congressman, a couple of things. One is that you're speaking to somebody who's been in that situation, who has also been to time in prison, who's also benefited from college inside of prison. But there's a couple of things financially, right? So you're speaking about the economics of it all. And when, when college was, when, when we had federal funding forward back in the 90s, it was less than 1% of people within the prison system that actually had opportunity to partake of that, right? So we're speaking about a reduced population now, about 54,000 someone, and it would still be around that amount. So you're talking about less than 1% of people who will be able to even participate in this opportunity to get higher education. So it's not really do, creating a dent in the budget. What you're doing is sort of like conflagrating this whole issue into something that allows people to feel upset that people are, 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 are within the prison system are are getting education. So by when you name people certain things, when you use that sort of language, what you're doing is dehumanizing people so that you can get people who don't really are not informed about the politics as well as the economics of the issue, you allow them just to be mad that people okay. inside of jail again. Okay. All right, but, but, but with we all... We need to speak about this and humanize then? people when we speak about this. Uh, all right, all right. State, State Senator Ball, and what's sorry, your response I'm about... I'm sorry I hurt your feeling. Now let's get back don't to Don't do that to me, Senator. Go. Do when not do that to me. When you look at the studies, okay, when you take a look at these studies, and as a politician, as, as a legislator, you can have everybody come into the, with a study and, and uh, lies, lies, and, and damn statistics and stuff not like that. That's what Mark Twain talked about. But when you take a look, let me When you take a look at the study, specifically, okay, right, Max, Max, I'm going to give you, I'm going to Max, I'm going to give you a chance to respond because first of all, let's let's try to let's try let's try to. I want to be honest about. Listen, street soldiers, we keep it really real. Very good. Well, you got to let me talk. I am. I'm talk over you as well, Senator Ball. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm I'm traffic director here. So when you take a look at these studies. Actually, giving somebody a GED because the vast majority of many many of these folks do not have a, a high school diploma. Giving a GED is actually more effective, and even more effective than that in coordination with the GED would be trade schools. Let me actually. And I would be one of the first guys. Okay, hold on. Trade second, schools my, 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 in our in our systems that actually allow you to be running a for profit center in those institutions. So, like other states. We can actually bring a benefit to the taxpayers, and you see. Can you tell me what you mean by a for-profit Furniture and other things. So okay, so that, so you're in favor. That, let me finish. Let me finish the point. Now, okay. I know you're all excited, but let me finish my point. <clears throat> now that said, the way the system works currently, where you have institutions like Bard and others, not at taxpayer expense, there's nothing wrong with keeping that program going. What I don't want to see is what was done previously, talking about these studies where it became a huge windfall for institutions to hand out college diplomas, and they pushed these inmates through the program. Nobody failed. It became a big windfall for the institutions that were a part of it, and they had all these diplomas up on a wall that meant absolutely nothing. Why, why, if you want to do something meaningful, do trade schools, do GEDs, and make the prisons, put the prisoners to work, Sure. Okay. So, so would you support? Would you support? Wait. Would you support taxpayer using taxpayer money to provide GED programs and trade school programs inside the prisons? I would support GED and trade school programs that also allowed prisoners to work to actually bring money into the system and relief to taxpayers. You, that works you, in other you, states wait, and it can work in this Senator state. Ball, and that define, way, when a prisoner got to, out, they would have the they, they would have the skills to look. Okay, I promise, Marlon, I promise Max, we're still responding on the study. Okay, Max, last... A skill that they can actually use out on the street. 
you give the prisoners the skills that they need in the trade, then on their own they can make a difference in their own okay. lives. All right, all right, Max. Okay, Max. Okay, Max. Max Kenner from the Bard Prison Initiative. You've you've got a program where you're sure. you're educating the inmates. Your response about the study issue and the G, the senator's point about the GED and the trade school being much more valuable in terms of getting. Uh, actual job. Sure. First of all, I just want to thank Senator Ball for his endorsement of our work and invite him to come visit anytime. I am uh, absolutely glad to have that. And I want to say that, you know, you're absolutely right. There's no question that a GED helps someone become more likely to not come back to prison, but it doesn't come nearly so close as a college education does. Uh, and that, I think, is proven across the board. That's not a political statement. That is a factual, socially scientific, proven statement. But also, in terms of the governor's current proposal, you know, you're absolutely right that in the past, there was abuse with some of these college programs uh, when when there was uh, sort of an unlimited amount of public money. What the governor's proposing now, as I understand it, uh, is actually quite limited. And if you think the work that we're doing uh, that is mostly privately, it, it completely privately funded now, uh, is worth doing, you have to understand every semester to us is an existential crisis. We don't know whether we're going to continue to exist. We get, we're a college. We're no student. Uh, can pay tuition. We have no endowment. There's no government money. So, you know, every semester is a wing and a prayer. And if you think, and you do think, because you know it, that we reduce crime and we save money and we bring educational opportunities to communities that are need it most then there needs to be some modest government investment if we're going to keep doing this. Okay, Marlon, did you want to say something? Well, there's a couple of things. I mean, we, we have here one of the uh, of the panelists, Erica Mateo, who received a degree um, in, inside of prison at Bard, and now the work that she does in Brownsville to save people's lives, right? So you can see not only the, we, we already sort of, and you've you've confirmed it, the financial benefits of having uh, a, a, of a lesser recidivism rate, but also to the community in which these people return to, which such, just, such as myself, the benefit to the community when the people have a, a post secondary education so just thinking about from that from that from that level that is both a fiscal is fiscally smart right because it's not that much money being invested into it is a limited amount it's not unlimited um and also that not that many people can also participate uh, participate in it because of um, um as, as the stats show less than one percent of people have done it before so fiscally as well as sort of from the effect that it has on the community level is it, it just just makes sense i think and i i just don't really understand exactly outside of you feeling that people inside of prison are just not worth that outside of that sort of feeling that wherever that comes from i'm not understanding what your argument is against it fiscally we've sort of come to an agreement and as well as to the community level so i'm curious to find out more about what is it about this sort of opportunity um, but limited opportunity as it is, because what is it right, about limited opportunity that bothers you? Because right now in the New York State budget, which we're working with the governor on, I can tell you that I'm fighting for proposals for service disabled veterans. I'm fighting for tax relief for small businesses. We're fighting to do programs to do tax abatement and to do tax uh, deductions for student for people loans. That, for students that have student loans. And we That's cannot great. find those resources. And in a fi- we live in a finite world today. This isn't the roaring 20s. It's not the 90s. And we have very finite resources that it is tough enough. Uh, and, and when you look at the priorities of this budget, and I, you know, I get uh, what you're saying, it's a very small amount of money. But it is tough in this budget to find any 
amount of money. And the fact that we would reward people who broke the law instead of students that are simply but trying I, to make themselves better. But, 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 but wait, what, Senator, what? Just wrong. But every time I say something logical or common sense, you guys just did. Okay, but, that, no, but let me just ask you, but, but fiscally, if right. it, it comes back to a matter of money. Everyone understands a budget because we all have to try to live on budgets. But you're, fiscally, do you agree with those studies where they say you're saving $60,000? With a college education, you're less likely to recommit a crime. You have your own opinions, but you can't have your Facts, Wait, okay. It was a it was a program previously that led up to the nineties, and that conservative president known as Bill Clinton even agreed that it was flawed. That's, because that, it that's became not exactly huge, true because a, the, it became a huge that's incorrect jam, just and they were pushing these prisoners through the, the, the elimination of Pell Grants for people in prison was like part of the Clinton crime bill in 1994 it was an addition that uh, was put in by Congress and in his book Giving Bill Clinton endorses the reestablishment of Pell Grants for people in prison which is a far more extreme far more radical far less modest proposal than the governor's making by leaps and bounds and he specifically endorses our work at Bard College and BPI. All right, uh, so I, invoking Bill Clinton is not accurate. I have to do something very very radical here. We have to take a break. <laughs> and the, fo- the phone lines are blazing. Matt, Faith, Mike, Edward, Max, Mike, Siobhan, everybody on the, on the phone. Hang on, we're going to get to your telephone calls. Twitter is blazing, blowing up. Uh, we're going to get to Angelique Tyree and our... Uh, Tweets at Lisa Evers at street underscore soldiers. Your phone calls. Good luck trying to get in. 1-800-223-9797. Better idea to tweet at Lisa Evers at street underscore soldiers. Hashtag prison degree. And let me remind you, Hot 97's Metro PCS 5 Borough Tour Weekend live in concert. The Locks, French Montana, Action Bronson, Bodega Bams, March 26th at Best Buy Theater. Win your tickets here all weekend long. We'll be back right after this. The realness. This realness goes out to all you balding men that just don't know when to let it go. Yeah, I feel sorry for them. Well, you're one of them. We learned that you are considering hair in a can. It's actually, I've learned it's colored shampoo. And you're putting this on your head to make it look like you have hair. Yes. I'm missing hair on the top, so the guy said, do you want me to spray this dry shampoo? What was the guy's name? His name's Dior, okay? And I don't like... (laughs) (laughs) The Hot 97 Morning Show. Weekday morning, 6 to 10. I wanted to dance. Then I broke my leg. I went for an easy layup and got knocked flat. Stupid curb. I twisted my ankle and missed the trip. We all like to think we're invincible, but we're not. So even if you think you'll never need a good, low-cost health insurance plan, it's just plain smart to get it. Find your plan through New York State's Health Plan Marketplace, New York State of Health. There are lots of plans to choose from, and financial assistance is available. So a good plan costs a lot less than you might think. It started as a sneeze and went from there. Things happen, even to young New Yorkers. So make a good, low-cost health plan happen for you. Go to nystateofhealth.ny.gov or call 1-855-355-5777. New York State of Health, the official health plan marketplace. Today's the day.
I just sneaked into my kids' rooms and took temperatures while they're sleeping, thanks to my Exergen thermometer. All I did was swipe their foreheads for a few seconds. It didn't even wake them up. My sister, the nurse, told us about the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer, and it's the best. Real value for the money and truly a lifesaver. Now I don't have to deal with ears or rears, if you know what I mean. I'm Dr. Frank Pompey, founder of Exergen. Thousands of hospitals and clinics rely on temporal scanners. I'm confident you will, too. The Exergen Temporal Scanner. Pick one up at Costco and other fine retailers or visit us at exergen.com. State Farm, this is Andrea. Yeah, what if I get into an accident in, say, Accident, Arkansas? Anywhere in the U.S., State Farm has you covered. Uh Uh-huh, and if I hit the only tree in Lone Pine, California? We'll send a tow truck right over. What if I get dinged in Denton? North Carolina or Texas? Uh, both. Then we'll send two trucks. Well played. State Farm handles more claims than any other company. Over 35000 per day. Call 1-800-STATE-FARM and get to a better state. Are you overwhelmed with debt and don't know what to do? Are you being told foreclosure or forbearance are your only ways out? There is another option. Call 888-946-1496 now to take advantage of the Obama Making Homes Affordable program. Talk to professionals that want to keep you in your home. Time is running out to take advantage of the program. Call 888-946-1496 now to be informed of your rights, and they can determine on the spot if you qualify for mortgage rates as low as 2%, so you can cut your payment in half. The Obama Making Home Affordable program offers incentives to your mortgage bank to work with us. Even if you've been turned down by your mortgage company, you owe more than your house is worth or have refinanced before. There are no closing cost appraisals or credit checks. Take advantage of this free service now because rates will be going up. Call 888-946-1496 now to see if you qualify. You'll never know the amount of money you could be saving unless you call 888-946-1496. Head down to Millennium Honda today at 286 North Franklin Street in Hempstead for crazy $0 down leases. Check out the new 2014 Civic LX at $119 lease per month with zero down. And the new 2014 Accord LX for $139 lease per month with zero down. $0 leases going on right now at Millennium Honda, 286 North Franklin Street in Hempstead. Get there today. 39 months, $0 down plus tax, tag, $790 Honda destination fee due at signing, 10,000 miles per year, 20 cents thereafter. This tax season put money back in your pocket. Did you work or receive unemployment in 2013? Are you single earning less than $20,000 or family earning less than $52,000? You may be eligible for more than $7,600 in earned income tax credits. File a return with an IRS certified VITA income tax preparer at one of Food Bank for New York City's free tax service sites citywide. To find a local free tax site, visit foodbank.com nyc.org or call 311. Western beef where you shop much more for less. Check out this week's specials. Carolina rice, 20 pound or western corn or vegetable oil. 128 ounces for $5.99. Fresh boneless breast chicken cutlets, $149 a pound. Goya Sasson jumbo pack, 36 count, two for $5. Four pound bag of domino sugar, two for $4. Whole or half boneless NY stripper beef, only $3.99 a pound. Be sure to visit your local Western beef for additional savings. Western beef Nothing but fresh, baby. If you're in the market for a luxury pre-owned car, Bronx Cars has what you need. Cars available for every taste. From BMW, Mercedes, and Infiniti to Porsche and Bentley. No worries, no regrets. With a limited lifetime powertrain warranty on any purchase. At Bronx Cars, you breathe, you drive. Zero down available. Come in and see us at Bronx Cars. 4101 Boston Road in the Bronx. And check out our inventory at BronxCars.com. OTR Entertainment presents Hip Hop Idols. Friday, March 28th at the Paramount, 
Hudson Valley. Get your tickets to see French Montana, Bodega Band, Fat Trail, PA The Lemonade Man, Par City, and more. For tickets, go to ParamountHudsonValley.com or enter to win on Hot97.com. Yeah, yeah, what up, what up, what up? This is Styles Peter Ghost, and this is Street Soldiers with Lisa Evers. Real issues, real politics, and real people only on Hot 97. Yeah, Ghost told you so. Thanks for that, Ghost. You're, uh, welcome back to Street Soldiers. I'm your host, Lisa Evers. Uh, Twitter, at Lisa Evers, at Street underscore Soldiers. Hashtag is prison degree. We're talking about whether getting a college education behind bars helps you turn your life around when you get out. And does it save taxpayers money or does it end up costing money? That's what we've been debating. But we've got a great panel for you here. We have Sonia Davy. She's a mental health counselor. She works with the formerly incarcerated Chia Lee is here. He was started rapping when he was at 15. He's from the Bronx. You know his story. He did 10 years on a 14-year manslaughter uh, charge. He's here. He's going to talk about what it was like in Sing Sing, Elmira, and upstate, and what really goes on behind bars. Erica Mateo, she is now with the Center for Court Innovations, benefited from college. Well, she did some time, and now she's hoping to become a lawyer. Max Kenner, he's the executive director of the Bard Prison Initiative. Marlon Peterson with the Fortune Society Community Outreach. And also on the phone, State Senator Greg Ball. He's a Republican from Patterson in Putnam County. And uh, let me get to the, some some tweets, and we'll get to some phone calls as well, too. Angelique Tyree, what's going on? What are people saying on Twitter? Yeah, so Twitter is definitely blowing up using the hashtag um, prison degree. For one tw- tweet comes from at Kai Cumberbatch, who says... Access to higher education is socially and morally right. Economics should be left out of the equation. Another tweet comes from at Mo underscore conspiracy, who says, with a college education, people are less likely to recommit a crime. And one last tweet comes from at Paco Styles 44, who says, I'm not against education. I'm against paying for the prisoner's degree. They need to take out a loan like everyone else. All right. Thank you very much. Hit us up on Twitter at Lisa Evers at street underscore soldiers and the hashtag. Sorry about that. TJ fix that. Somebody's. We're going ballistic here. Okay, it's the phone. All right, thank you. All right, we'll get it. Uh, we'll get that figured. Out. I apologize for that. Just you know, modern technology here. I, I need to. Okay, go ahead, Max. Okay, you can't hear anything. State, State Senator Ball, let me finish up with you because we have a ton of phone calls I want to get to. And I want to invite you to come into the city and be on the show with us live in person in studio in the future. Congressman Ball, you there? State Senator Ball. Driver's license is for illegals. We have. Uh, people that want to do free education for illegal aliens. You got the, wow. the, the Blasio terrorist yeah, uh, yeah, empowerment act. Wants to give out ID cards down there in the city. So let's let's talk about whatever you want to talk about. All right, well, amazing. we'd love to it's have amazing. you. We'd love to have you come down here in studio to uh, Hot ninety seven one morning and debate with us in studio and go through these issues. But just your your final words on this on the governor's prison initiative. You know, uh, I would be interested to see what everybody thought about that that tweet. Uh, to actually have the prisoners, just like everybody else, pay for that education, go into debt for that education, and pay the taxpayers back. That said, you know, in a finite budget with finite resources, which is where we are right now, we got to make sure we're taking care of the people uh, who are obeying the law. Um, and this program previously became a cash cow for institutions. Uh, the BAR program is doing it, and they're doing it well without taxpayer uh, money. Thank you. Let's focus those resources uh, where they need to go to the students. Who are literally drowning in debt. So, uh, no, that's, that's that's definitely true as well. State Senator Greg Ball, thank you so much for being God with bless. us on Street Show. Okay, we appreciate it. Thank you very much. God bless you. All right, one eight hundred two two three ninety seven ninety seven. Let's go to Matt from Jersey. Matt, hi, you're on Hot ninety seven. Go right ahead. Hey, how you doing? Good morning. Lisa. Good morning. Great, great fan of your show. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. 
What's oh, your absolutely. Uh, What's your question or comment on this? Uh, I just want to comment on uh, the whole topic today. You know, prisons and uh, and education, and I believe that education is very important to to everybody. And whether it's free or not, or wherever it's coming from, it should be granted for everyone because people who have a higher education, you know, it it, uh, it weeds out ignorance and it creates a better society in general. All right, we'll and, see. Uh, <clears throat> you say no? I th- I'd say so, say so, there are many people who would definitely agree with that. I want to thank you for the call, Matt. I got to keep it moving here. Okay. I got you. Okay. All, right, all right. Thank you so much. Let's go to Mike from Long Island. Mike, hi, you're on Hot 97. Go right ahead. Hey, what's up, Lisa? What's Thank going on? My call. Thanks for calling in. What's your question or comment? Yo, T.I. Lee. Much love and much respect, my dude. Peace, peace, bro. Yo, I got a kind of different perspective. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a black man from the hood, whatever, whatever. Educated, college degree, basketball scholarship. But none of that worked out. And now I'm doing the different options, you know, and I've gotten caught up on both sides of the angle, whatever, not trying to, you know, whatever, just getting to the point. I feel like people who are already seeking education and say you get locked up for, like, drinking and driving or something stupid, but your resume already says you're seeking education, I feel like those people should be allowed education. But if you've been so-called, you know, holding down the block since you was nine years old, and never seeking no education, why should you get a college degree in prison for free? I disagree. All right, well, all right. This is, the thing. this is the thing, right? And thanks for that comment. But and, and this is when I spoke about it systemically, we need to speak about this more than an individual basis, right? Um, because the person that has had that sort of life where they have had felt they had limited options, they had an upbringing that was not an upbringing which they had opportunity to involve or get exposed to education, you know, it seems like doing things in the street is a real option. It's a real option, and we understand that because the majority, of, unfortunately, the majority of people who go to prison happen to be poor, poor people from the hood, poor people from the hood happen to be black and Latina, right? So just like an equation that we understand that, it, 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 we understand that equation. So we shouldn't sort of say like, well, since you made these sort of mistakes or these decisions, or because you pursued certain um, negative options, that you don't deserve an opportunity to be to improve yourself, right? Because that's not right, well, society. Well, let, let's let's find out. Chili, thank you for being with us here on Street Soldiers Thanks on Hot ninety seven. Now, you did just just so people know, because some people know your story. You did. You came home in September twenty twelve. You did ten years of a fourteen year sentence. Twelve. Twelve years. Yeah. Twelve year sentence. Uh-huh. Time matters. Ma- time matters. <laughs> oh, yeah, Manslaughter, years. right? Right. For for killing your then girlfriend's brother. Right. What is the prison mentality? What about what that caller Mike just was saying? Were you were you thinking about college when you were Absolutely in Sing Sing or I Elmira? Think, I think it's all about options. The college gives you options to do more things with your life. Most of us, when we're, when we're in the streets, that's the furthest thing from our mind. But it's called a Department of Corrections. To correct ourselves, we must be able to be put in situations where we can do better. So once you're in prison, when I first went to prison, my, my mentality wasn't on college at all. It just kind of fell into my lap just through a friend that was in the college program. Like, yo, you should do it. And I was like, all right. Like, I wasn't thinking about nothing, really. I was just thinking. And, well, I got time. I'm not stupid. So I might as well try to do something positive. I know my parents would be proud of me and whatnot. So I jumped into it. But when I got into it, I started really getting into it. I fell in love with studying. I fell in love with a lot of the things that back in the days in school I wasn't thinking about. And it is ill because most of the people in the college programs in jail, they sign up for it. So it's not like a kid on the streets whose parents is pressuring them to go to college and whatnot. The people in college who are in those programs, they actually want to beat it. 
there. And I mean, even at Sing Sing, it was through Mercy College, and most of the professors that taught there, they they really loved us, and they always professed how they loved coming in more than their outside classes because we were really into it. And at the end of the day, I got my associate's degree in Sing Sing. Uh, I didn't have enough time to complete to get my bachelor's, and I think it, it just gives you more options. And without options, you feel limited. And and most of the kids, like you were saying, that's in the hood, in the streets, they don't even know. So you can't really knock someone for the, what they don't know. And it's just once you get into those books and start studying, you learn different things. You see that okay, I might not never use what I'm studying now, but it's just about the process of getting through it. And then not, not for nothing, a lot of the things that I thought I never I never used when I would be in different conversations since I've been home. It's like I might have a little knowledge on whether it's Judaism or these things that you would never even think about touching in life, but it, it gives you those options and you learn, man. So I think it's definitely a plus. And if, if it's about correction and rehabilitation, then you got to offer those programs. And you said you were telling me that you didn't think like you you, were, you got you got attention when you were still a teenager, like fifteen, started right. rapping. And you said that you, you don't really think about the consequences when you're on the streets. Right. No, I, I mean, that's why I'm like against the death penalty and, and, and those harsh, harsh penalties, because if people thought about those consequences, it would probably be no crime. If, if I thought I was going to end up spending 12 years in jail, I doubt if I would have did what I did. But no one looks that deep into it. We most of the inner city kids, we live for the moment. We're in the moment. We really can't see past tomorrow. So we just make harsh decisions and don't think about the consequences. And that's something. And, and how does that college having that associate degree now that you're now that you're home and now that you're out, how does that affect you in terms of you know trying to resume your music career? Well, I think it's, it's a it's a major plus for me. I mean, I'm fortunate. I came from a two parent home where. I did what I did. I didn't have to. Not to say anyone has to do anything illegal, but I definitely had had more choices. So I messed up on my own. But I think getting that degree, it just opens up so many doors. I mean, so many more people are willing to work with you. And but just to say, I shouldn't stop it there because at this time, associate degree isn't isn't really that much. You need to move on, get that bachelor, get that master's. Because at the end of the day, everybody seeks to make a good living and and to make good money. You need those, those qualifications and those. And those uh, Degrees. All right, let's uh, let's bring in Lee Marsha. She's a uh, state correction officer and a member of the Grand Council of Guardians. Lee, thank you so much for being with us. It's my pleasure to be here. What do you think? You just heard what Chia Lee was saying. What do you think about the value of these education programs, college education programs for prisoners? I think it's one of the most best investments that we can have for ourselves and for our community. Wow. Yes, education has its um, it can stop individuals from returning to prison, especially when they're educated in an academic, spiritually, and emotional way, mm. where they can look at that education as a stepping stone for them to go further in life. You know, um, being educated, um, the jail prison itself is an opportunity there for you to do something with your life and turn your life around. When we first started off, with penitentiaries and education. Penitentiaries were called penitentiaries because they want everybody to repent and to change their ways. Then we went to the Department of Correctional Services, and then they said, let us correct some of the things that we need to do. And now we're looking at Department of Corrections and Community Supervision. We need to educate in such a way that we can become unified as people and work more closely together. All right. And that's, yes. No, no, finish out. I'm sorry, Lee. 
you know, I just wanted to make people understand how important that we see ourselves as human beings and that education makes a difference. It's a resource that is a stepping stone towards empowerment of us as a people. And we need to stop criminalizing a race through the way that we look at ourselves and our self-esteem. We have to educate ourselves in so many aspects, in so many ways. We can't just look academically because of the resources and our mindset towards one another. All right, Lee, you, Lee, I'm up I'm up against the clock. You're saying so many important things. I want to thank you so much for calling in. We appreciate it and keep up the great work in the community. Thank you so much. Marlon, what do you think about what she was saying? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I agree with her on all levels. Thank you, sister, for calling. It was like Sunday morning church. We needed that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, you know, and this issue is sometimes we the easier way to look at it. And I understand people's sort of concerns about, well, I have a student loan and they shouldn't be getting this sort of opportunity to get a free education. And I mean, that's the argument. We got to be concerned about how we get these arguments sort of pushed into our heads where it's the us versus them. It's really not a us versus them conversation. It's, it's us. And that's why at the outset with the senator, I was so adamant about the language that he used in terms of describing people because that language fuels a, a, a sort of feel that we are they are some people who are not humane enough to deserve this sort of thing they did something wrong and they don't deserve this and we also know that's not true but we also know that the the disproportionate amount of people who are wrongly convicted and people of of color who are are, are astronomically fill up these jails and these prisons in the prison pipeline and we know in the prison pipeline so we know all these structural issues come into play where it's just not simple as I said an individual he or she did this it's a a systemic thing and it's only it's only a small remedy education in itself, post-secondary education itself is not gonna is not gonna fix the entire system, but it's an important aspect that we should invest in and it's fiscally sound. All right, let's go to uh let's go to Edward from New Jersey. Edward, how are you on Hot 97? Go right ahead. Hey, how are you? Good morning. Good morning. Um, a few quick things. Um I am a proponent of that uh college education in the system. Um I'm currently working on my master's degree. Um I remember all of those programs in the system where we did get Pell Grants and things of that nature, um, and then they took them all away. Um, the point of it is um, I'm living proof, and if, you know, forget the fiscal Argument. numbers that, that he has, forget the, you know, what, either way you're going to pay for me. Whether mm-hmm. if, if, if you don't give me the college grant, then you're going to pay for me to sit in a jail cell. So... The most productive thing is to... to Give your college education, get a job, and pay taxes and contribute to society. Edward, thank you so much for the call. I appreciate it. Sonia, what about in terms of people's perception, the more education they have in terms of their self-esteem and how they look at themselves? That's exactly what I was going to say. Psychologically, they feel so much better when they can become self-sufficient. And part of what happens, like I said earlier, is they don't get the tools for whatever reason, whatever their family dynamic background. We can't hold a person that makes a mistake at 15... Um, just label them and throw them aside as though they're they're not valuable anymore. And when you give them those tools, which is a college education or whichever education they choose, then they can take care of themselves and they feel much better. A lot of times when guys get involved, not making an excuse, but when they get involved in some criminal lifestyle, sometimes it is to take care of themselves or to take care of their families. Again, that's all that they think that they can do. But when you offer that, and a lot of guys, I've had so many of my clients that have been, when they were in school, they got bored. They finished their work early, and they were bored. And so they weren't challenged. And so that doesn't make an excuse for criminal behavior. But at the same time, it doesn't mean that they can't go on eventually and get a college degree and take care of themselves the right way. All right, let me check in with 
Twitter, Angelique Tyree, our associate producer. Twitter is blowing up. Yes, indeed. It's definitely blowing up with people agreeing with this new initiative as well as disagreeing. Um, one tweet comes from at Nelly, who says, college education in prison is cheaper for New York and delivers results. Education shouldn't be an either-or prop. Another tweet comes from at JRZ Driven, who says, prisons are supposed to be for rehabilitation. Education is the quickest way to rehabilitate someone. And one last tweet comes from at FNS88, who says, this is a great initiative and I would love to see it happen, but help those of us struggling to pay our way through school too. What about that, Max? Sure. I mean, it's a great point, and Senator Ball brought it up, too. We have a crisis of access to higher education. In this period. Period. For everybody. Period. But the way to solve it is not to look at programs that work and say, destroy them because it doesn't work for everybody. The way to address the problem is to look at programs that work and say, how do we expand them? How do we find more opportunities to bring people to college in situations where they'll succeed. It's terrible we spend $3 billion a year to keep people in prison just in the state of New York, but if we're going to do that, let's at least take some good advantage of it and invest in our people, as people have been saying. Chiali, what do you think about that? I mean, I agree. I mean, when I was in Sing Sing, when I left Sing Sing, 600 and some odd students had graduated with bachelor's degrees. Out of those 600 and some odd students, one one person had returned to jail. So if you want to play the numbers game, I mean that's less than one percent recidivism rate. So that 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 takes that takes tells you something. And also if you really about your community and cleaning up the streets and making your city a better place, wouldn't you rather people be returning to those streets with degrees, with more chances, able to get better jobs or get a job period with with that degree versus someone who may have sold crack or been robbing or shooting that comes home basically with those same options. What about when you came home were there people that you would come up with or who knew you from the neighborhood and that you were like looking at the the whole scene completely differently i mean like, I, like all I, the drama I, went, on the I went in so young so i kind of I, I looked at it like i went to prison as as like a, a old boy and came out as a young man so i mean you see so many people doing the same things mm-hmm. and it's it, i mean it's hard but a lot of people like i said don't know and if people don't know you can't really blame someone for what they don't know but <laughs> I mean, just just learning, learning just how to cope with 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 that time and just being responsible for my decisions. And that's what it, what it, what it's about being responsible and understanding that it's consequences to everything. And just just making the best out of that time is, is was to me just the best thing to do. And anyone who, who's against uh, school, higher education in school, I mean, I think you got a lot to learn. You keep bringing up that consequences issue. Right, because we don't think about them. I mean, I'm still around a lot of kids in the hood. I'm still around. I'm still there. So I know people, no one wants to be in prison. And in the time they're giving out, no one is really thinking about the consequences. When you look at people doing three years for having a gun, or I know people doing 15 a life for a gun because their record is so jammed up from, from pre, pre, prior history. But who better to talk about with young people about the consequences right. than people who like Chi or like Erica, who've done time in prison, exactly educated, and can go back to those communities and talk to young people both about the consequences of crime, but also the precisely because I know I know I know the kids I'm around. They're not going to respect the senator coming right. in or just the average businessman in a suit that they can't right. relate to. They can't see you didn't grow up in my neighborhood. You don't know right. how I feel, my troubles, my times. But when you speak to someone who's been there, who's been through the trenches, just like you, but is telling you, listen, I've been there. Right. But it's a better way to do things. We got to branch out and give yourself different options. Like my father always preached preached that to me, just to have balance in life and give yourself options. And that's one of the the best things he could have taught me.
All right, Erica, I'm going to give you the last word because we're just about out of time here. Uh, I've been pretty quiet this uh, segment only because I just like to do the, I like to do the work. And so hmm. in Brownsville, Brooklyn, <laughs> I work with uh, people who are um, in gangs, may have touched a gun, are still touching guns. And they're young people who feel very, very hopeless and they don't know their options. And I, I don't think there's anyone um, better suited than someone who has been through the issue. I mean, I was from Brownsville. When I when I was there, I was doing things I wasn't supposed to. I went to prison. I got an education. I look at my neighborhood totally different as a place full of opportunities um, and talent. There's so much talent in Brownsville. Yeah. And I just want to continue to do the work. No, there is so much talent in Brownsville. There's so much talent yeah. in all our communities. I want to thank all of you for being with us. Just got a tweet in from uh, Norman Seabrook, president of the Correction Officers Benevolent Association. He says higher education can help. He said, but uh, keep the violence off the streets and keep the violence down. He says, but we should invest in our kids in the very first place. That's his comment. So I want to thank Norman Seabrook for that. Thank everybody on Twitter. We're going to continue you, this discussion. Hashtag prison degree at street soldiers at street underscore soldiers at Lisa Evers and I want to let you know I want to thank all of our guests for being with us today we really appreciate it and um, let you know that this episode of Street Soldiers was brought to you by Luscious Vines Wines essence that stimulates your senses okay that's for later in the day that's for brunch but we started this Sunday morning usually it's a car you know that's the first time for them thank you to essence vine wines and but we started our day with Dunkin Donuts so we gotta thank our we gotta we gotta thank our people here Fred yeah we got we gotta thank our people here Fred and Muhammad at the Clarkson Street Dunkin Donuts here in the West Village for fueling up our team and our guests this morning with the donuts and the coffee so thanks to Fred and Muhammad and also gotta give some shout out some special guests here in the studio with us director Chris Lynch coming in checking out the show the Silverback social team on site in the house senior brand strategist Josh Fenster project manager Edia Ogala and thank you to Charles Billups president of the Grand Council of Guardians who reps uh, correction officers and thank you also Norman Seabrook correction officers benevolent association president Shout out to Hip Hop's own Uncle Ralph McDaniel and Minister Lamar Whitehead, BrooklynLeadersOfTomorrow.org, for working with our youth. Brooklyn, watch out. We're coming your way. We're coming your way. You're talking about Brownsville. I got my eye. I got my eye on the VK. I got my eye on the VK. You know, that's where I am. East New York, Brownsville. That's it. Okay. And a really big thank you to Simone Amelia, a.k.a. Boss Lady TV, for hosting the amazing Women's International Day brunch at Ricardo's Ocean Grill in East Harlem yesterday. That was... Delicioso. What an inspiring day and so many beautiful, accomplished women of all colors. All the sponsors, Sprayground Bags, Monster, and so many others. And just, I mean, that was a really incredible, incredible event. It made me think about our topic for next Sunday, which uh, we've all been talking about here. Amber, Idia, Angelique, Tone, my whole crew. And uh, we're going to talk about women. It's Women's History Month, International Women's Day. Why are the images of women so ratchet? I'm in the media, Rats. I'm just oh going to put gosh. it that way. Thank you. That's that's not a curse word. Is no, it? that's the perfect word. Ratchet. All right. And yet, in real life, like yesterday, and in my friends and people that I know, like real women, like Erica, like you know, my whole crew here, Sonia, Sonia, everybody. <laughs> Sorry, Sonia. Okay. They're like they're like doing such amazing things. Mm-hmm. So there's like this huge disconnect. We got all these you know scandal mm-hmm. women that are getting the media, mm-hmm. and yet there's the real women that are doing like 
amazing, 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 groundbreaking things making history every day. So that's what we're going to be talking about next Sunday on Hot 97 Street Soldiers. And, uh, of course, I couldn't do this every week without my amazing Street Soldiers team, executive producer Tone Capone, our associate producer Angelique Tyree, our production supervisor Andrew Veras, production assistant Amber Ravenel, our board op tech support TJ. And uh, check me out on LisaEvers.com, Twitter, at LisaEvers. We're going to continue the discussion. Hashtag Prison Degree. Check me out on the Fox 5 News at 6 and 10 tonight. Something new and exciting coming on Fox this week that we're going to be debuting. So have a great week, everybody. Remember, use your mind. It's your best weapon. I hope it's your only weapon. I'm Lisa Evers. Push for peace. Hey, yo, now everybody tweaked out, sniffing, getting geeked out. By curious now, they all freaked out me. I'm walking straight. And one more thing, we're going out with Chia Lee's new joint called G Check. Here it is. Jumping on them, I'm running fast, but these streets, they gaining on me. Gangsters telling now, new, this changing on me. I think it switched around the crack era. I'm pissed I missed the late 60s, that whole pro black era. Outside of Huey P, Ozzy Davis, Ruby D. Hell, 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 we go from that to spending G's on Louis V. One money, but I never sell my soul, obtaining it. The haters, yeah, they staring. But ain't none of them saying shit My whole thing on time out now I'm getting money, boo-boo I'm about to make my premiere Like I'm the f- guru Until my n*** don't lie Fuck a cop, nah I mean literally Find a CO and fuck cop You know me, been the G Better show some respect Or else had them goons coming for your neck And you don't really want that, that And you don't really want that, that <laughs> For over 60 years, 